Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. This is your host, Dapper Data. I am glad to be back here, and I have a special guest, okay? I always I always get these special guests on it. I don't know how I do it, right? You know, people talk to me, you know, I like the network, you know, whatever it is, but I don't know how people, I'm, I'm able to get these special, special guests, right? So I have somebody on this call right now. If you're listening to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, you have to tune in and sit here for the duration of the podcast because this is going to be very, very exciting, Okay. As you know, I like to discuss a lot of things. I get very technical. Sometimes we talk about AI, talk about ML. Sometimes I do it on my own. But sometimes I bring in a guest like I'm doing today, okay? And what I've done is I brought in programmers. I brought in data management experts. I brought in data scientists. I brought in CEOs of companies, right, to talk about data. But I've never brought in somebody that really hones in on that technical side of the management business and just can get really deep down technical with you if you want them to, right? That's the C CTO of a company, right? <laughs> and that's what I'm bringing in today, you know? And I wanna take it back to something that good old AI days, right? You know, we always talk about, I, I, I did high level AI, right? I did an ML at, at, at different points, uh, but I didn't come back to AI, right? And I wanna do that, right? That good old artificial intelligence, okay? And when I think artificial intelligence, and I'm sure some of you all can resonate with me, I think about Blade Runner, right? I think about Westworld. <laughs> I think about The Matrix, right? The red pill or blue pill. All right? I think about Star Wars and Star Trek, right? Are we there yet? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 but. Right. It's fun to imagine it. Right, It's fun to, to imagine that we're going to get there someday. And I think we are going to get there someday. And so I brought on somebody. Right. CTO of a company. And I'll introduce him shortly. Someone that can help us out with where we are really with AI right now. OK. From different points of views. OK. We're going to talk about education. We're going to, we're going to talk about religion. Right. We're going to get deep down down into all this stuff. But we're focusing in on artificial intelligence, AI, okay, audience. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to somebody, right, that is that is really making a transition and making an impact in the world in the community of data science, Slater Victoroff. Okay, say what's up, Slater. What's up? You know, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. So Slater attended Olin College of Engineering before pursuing Indico full-time career, right? And Slater is the founder and CTO of Indico, an enterprise AI solution for unstructured content that emphasizes document understanding. Okay, I'm sure he's going to talk to you a little bit about that, right, and what he's doing, right, get a little bit deeper into that. But it's interesting because Slater has been in this industry for a while, right? Slater has been building machine learning solutions for startup governments as well. And as you all know, I'm deep into the government, so... I'm gonna have to pick his brain after this or, or bug him to death to figure out how we can implement AI into government. In my eyes, right, I, and I, we haven't talked about this later, but in my eyes, right, the government's so far behind. Oh, you're, not, oh you're <laughs> not wrong. 
you're not wrong. <laughs> and we have to figure out how to get that, you know, forward. But uh, but but he's also been involved with machine learning with Fortune 100 companies for the past seven years and is a frequent speaker at AI conferences. Okay, he's been building AI machine learning, deep learning uh, solutions for a long time for the past decade. Um, and 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 he's really really involved with educating hundreds of business users on successful implementing successfully implementing some of the deep learning algorithms through uh, some of the simple frameworks and simple frameworks that helps executives, right? So we're talking about CTOs, CEOs, and things like that, because a lot of times you don't see that they understand that part of the business, right? The deep, the deep learning and things like that, you know, but he's been involved with being able to help educate some of those high level executives in that area as well. So from a business standpoint and technical standpoint, you can always talk to Slater, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the idea. No, I uh, I have uh, one thing that I like to brag about sometimes. Is I once uh, explained uh, convolutional neural networks to an investor using sugar packets. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, man. So that has yeah, to be- That's a party good. trick for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Because yeah. if I was just a CEO, and I'm sitting there, all I think about is business all day, right? If you come to me, start talking some type of algorithms or you're trying to figure it out, I might say, you know what, you don't get my business and don't ever talk to me again, right? You know, so, but, but Slater. I, I, I mean, it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell them about yourself, man. Tell them what you're doing, man. You know, thanks for being on the, on the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you did a great job introing me. You know, those are those are the high levels. You know, I was, uh, you know, Indico is a true dorm room startup. You know, I kind of fell into the AI space, frankly, uh, totally backwards, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just like a young programmer, right? And I, I kind of took on a project that I didn't even realize was AI related at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was sort of in the natural language processing space, but, you know, mm -hmm. it was just a uh, love at first sight. You know, me and my co-founder started doing a, you know, a Kaggle? Kaggle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. So me and my co-founder started doing Kaggle competitions. Yeah, yeah. We started doing Kaggle oh. competitions together. That's how, uh, that's really how Indico started, honestly. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, so when we think about those Kaggle competitions, right, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are, you know, if you're, if you're not, if you're not ready, right, for it, you know, should you jump out there? Would you say just they screw it and jump out there. Have you seen I, you, you learn so much, like, especially today, like, don't worry about trying to win, you know, like back, back in the very early days, it was maybe a little bit different, but the thing is you learn so much doing Kaggle competition, mm -hmm. right. Is like, and it, it's worth it just for that. And that's something that I think Kaggle did a really good job of. Well, they sort of like after being acquired by Google, now they've got that whole offering that's like Kaggle as an education platform. And mm -hmm. that, you know, that I think it works really, really well at. Because just like having cool new data sets to play with, having like long forums about like, oh, yeah, this technique works for this reason. Oh, hey, check this weird thing out about the data. You know, I mean, it is it is a master class in data science. There's, it's like second to none. Yeah, and I've learned a lot. Uh, I've only done one. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I did, but, but when I did, well, I bet it, you learned a lot, right? Oh man, oh man, I learned. A lot. I don't. I probably might have been last place. I don't know. Maybe I <laughs> sure I have because I, I I I didn't care about winning, like you said, right? You know, a lot of times yeah. you cannot care about that when you are trying to get better with things like totally. this, right? data science, yeah. analytics. 
and you're trying to get deep involved, you got to jump out there, right? And, and and figure it out. And then you'll learn so much even from just trying just, to do that. Even just re-implementing a baseline, you learn mm-hmm. so much doing that, right? And I mean, like that, you know, that's, you know, they might be basic algorithms, but like, it doesn't matter, right? Like you're learning to replicate results, right? You're learning right. to set up experiments, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, Kaggle-like credit, maybe not single-handedly, but I think they deserve a lot of credit for kind of creating this data science revolution in the last decade. I agree. I completely agree. All right. So audience, we, as you, as you know, we, as you, as you can hear, right. We have somebody that I, I might be borderline genius, right. You know, so what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about a lot, right. We're going to talk about, um, uh, uh, well, first I want to say what we're going to be discussing is AI, AI, and more, guess what? AI, right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's what we'll be talking about AI, right? Where AI, AI driven decisions, things like that, you know, having a good time with that. And, but we're going to focus in on specific things with AI because these things are not talked about as much, right? Education, religion, right? Those are the two things we're going to highlight. And then also, we want to jump into for the younger crowd and growing up to the uh, to maybe the older crowd and stuff as well, right? How to make STEM right that that science, technology, engineering, math more inclusive, right? To to everybody, to the culture, things like that. You know, like this is going to be a great conversation. Um, so thanks again, Slater, for being on the podcast. Let's start off and let's talk about education, okay? 100%. You know. Now, now, when I think education, right, you know, uh, every time somebody hears education, well, for me, think about back in the day, right, you got your K, K, K through kindergarten through, you know, 12th grade, you got your middle school, well, you got your yeah. middle school, high school, right, you hear, yeah, yeah. you all those things, right, at, 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 throughout that time, I did not think about artificial intelligence, right? I didn't no, think about any no, of that stuff. not at that all. <laughs> that wasn't taught to me, right? So yeah. AI technologies are around us all the time, right? You know, they're shaping every aspect of our lives now. You know, they're changing the world and process and 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 it's booming, right? It's a booming domain that's out there. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And it's obvious that AI has been like a tremendous aspect to many industries, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about education as much, yeah. right? You know, helping teachers with like administrative tasks, maybe uh, looking at like textbooks and course creations and things so, like that. You know? So here's and, a, so I'll give maybe, yeah, so I'll give maybe, maybe so there's one side, you know, I, I used to work at edX uh, and Pearson and whatnot. And I think that there are interesting things about improved content understanding, but I actually want to highlight a kind of interesting impact of AI and education that I think is actually going to be much, much bigger. And a lot of people aren't thinking about. Uh, and at, this is actually in higher ed, uh, believe it or not. Yeah, so, so uh, in higher ed, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but so much of higher education and upper level academia is run by uh, like a traditional publisher, like Elsevier and these, you know, journals, mm-hmm. right? The publisher parish mentality, right? And, you know, these are, you know, you know, you have to pay as a researcher to get your work published. And then it's not accessible to other researchers unless they pay into these incredibly expensive subscriptions, right? Uh, and it's just this very, very old school industry. It's incredibly hard to break into. Um, and, you know, there might be a, a, you know, one to two year wait between submission mm-hmm. and the actual publication of your work. Right, uh, right. Now, a lot of people don't realize this. AI has completely disrupted this paradigm. 
uh, AI does, I mean, so, so traditional papers, um, don't cover AI well. Uh, and a lot of that is because the clip of research in AI moves so quickly that they can't wait for a year or two for the results to be published. So oh. that's one big piece. The other big piece is that frankly, academia has not kept pace, right? Yeah. Is that curriculums have not uh, changed quickly enough to reflect how AI has changed. And industry research labs have kind of risen up to uh, take some of that burden off. And then one of the interesting consequences of that is that industry research labs are not beholden to the traditional publishers at all. Like traditional universities, they are, you know, 100%, but it's, it's completely changed the dynamic. And it, it's actually what I hope this enables, right? Is that this makes, and sorry, I, there's a couple of aspects of it, but I, I hope that this makes research generically more accessible. Because it's something like 90 plus percent of all the ML papers, right? You can just read free online. Mm -hmm. Like no other field can you say that, right? Mm -hmm. And almost half of papers, they're actually releasing code with the paper. So you as an individual right, right. <laughs> can replicate it, right? And and you know, like an AI that you know, we kind of beat ourselves up and we're like, oh well, only 40% of you know papers come out with code. But mm -hmm. if you look again at everyone else, like that is an incredible rate. And yeah, I'd love to see it as, at 100%. But you know what I'd love more is I'd love to see every industry, you know, or rather every field of research at 50%. So I think those are those are some of the most impactful changes I think we're seeing in education uh, right now, right? But I think that, you know, I think that could really, really change the game, especially in higher education. I mean, it already, it's made research so much more accessible. Uh, and I say this to some people, you know, I have met, and, and I mean, this is exceptional, like you can't expect mm -hmm. everyone is going to do this, but it is accessible enough. I have met high schoolers that have contributed to the state of the art of research, right? Um, like with a $500 GPU, right? And like, that's, that's an absolute prodigy, right? But like the reason, and you know, like they, they were studying for four years to do that, but the research is out there, right? Like the compute is accessible. And so mm -hmm. theoretically, it is possible, even though again, like that's 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 absolutely a prodigy. But you know, there's there's so few places where that's even theoretically possible, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So. so, so do you? I mean, this this is crazy, you know, because <laughs> because because I didn't even think about some of those things from that aspect from a higher learning, high education, right? It's you probably because I'm I'm you know I'm old now, so that's how <laughs> I think. <things. laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, like, I, and, and I think, you know, there are also going to be bigger impacts at, at kind of younger education and, you know, the, the kind of accessibility side. But I think that it's, it's sort of interesting because I think that those are probably going to be more incremental changes, right? That's like, you can make teachers' lives easier, definitely. And that's helpful and that's good. And, and I don't mean incremental and bad. It's just like, it's, it's different, right? But compared to like changing the model of higher education, like, I think that, you know, that, that could be really powerful. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I agree, right? You know, and I, I remember having this idea of um, when it comes down to education, right? You have, you, you're you looking at, especially with COVID happening now, right? Yeah, yeah. How uh, impactful technology can be, right, to change the world, right? If we could just do it expeditiously, right? If we could hurry up and catch on, just, everybody just change, right? Because I, I look at, um, I look at like teachers, right? Teachers are sitting there, they're, I, I sat in a class one time with my son, my oldest son, 
and 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 she and and the teacher that was there she's sitting there uh spending more time trying to trying to tell kids to uh to to like slow down and sit down and don't do this and don't do whatever you know this yeah, is when yeah, he was yeah. like nine ten years old so that age you know they're active and stuff got the boys are going crazy the, the 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 girls are going crazy and so everybody's just active right and and I, and I was like man you know what It'd be great if the teacher could step back and as a curriculum presented more on the laptops, right? Based mm. off of their actual learning styles instead yeah, of, yeah. Uh, and the curriculum is is presented based off of the learning styles, right? So and AI one, can drive that, right? So <laughs> one thing that's actually super cool here, right? Because I think that, like, I think that that's a, that's a transformation that's needed. I don't think you need AI for it, though, frankly. Yeah, you know? well, nice. You look at the Finnish education system and they, because it's exactly right they emphasize play, right? They're like play-based education is just better for kids, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of logic to that. Like kids got energy, like you're not gonna yell them into not having energy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. and actually, so, so, and actually Olin, the school that I went to, uh, they, they sort of, you know, extend this into engineering education. They say like, it should be fundamentally project-based. Like you mm -hmm. learn so much more building something and creating right. something and like applying the principles as you learn them. So like, I, I think that, yeah. So I guess I, I think that, you know, can AI improve that? Yeah. But I think that also just like more competency-based education, like more Montessori schools, right? I think mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. education in the U.S. is not in a great place. Not at know? all. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I think there's a lot of improvements. I think AI can help, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's a part of a bigger recipe. Right, right. What about like customized, like textbooks and course creations and things like yeah. that? I mean, this is a thing that I worked on a lot at uh, at Pearson and at edX as well. And mm -hmm. the two big issues are that so so one of the really big issues, and this is something we can talk about in a little bit, is that um, the most effective education is fundamentally multimodal, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like very sophisticated and, and difficult to understand, frankly, right? Mm -hmm. And so the problem is much, much easier in higher ed where you've got like really rigid kind of boxes, like really defined curricula and like well-built out taxonomies of learning, right? Mm -hmm. So it's actually a lot easier in higher ed, which is why you see like edX and whatnot. That's why everyone kind of flocks there. And, and you know, you have these these like much better systems there. But then, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's totally different when you look at, you know, like K through 12 or like anything below like higher math and, and stuff like that. And a lot of that I think is just because like it's multimedia and, you know, like AI techniques are not, you know, they can deal with pure text, right? But, you know, there's mm -hmm. not that much learning you can do through pure text. And, and, you know, on the flip side, a lot of it is just like content is king. So like, yeah. you know, you remix bad content, it doesn't become good content. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. I always say, like, if you uh, if you if you're sitting there making um, bad decisions, it might be because your your data quality is bad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I mean, I I love talking about education because my 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 oldest is eleven. You know, he's in school now. He's like we're yeah. writing the things, right? We're thinking about middle school, high school is next and then you got college and all that stuff you know and i'm a big proponent of education as you know i talked about being involved with my doctorate in data science and so yeah. just uh and not to say that you need to go to school or anything like that you know it just was able to help me specialize in something specific right you know just be able to get rounded right there 
you know, but obviously if you're not if you're not making a difference or you're not you know you don't have an idea of figuring it out, right? Just try to just try to go somewhere just to figure it out, right? And do something, you know. So thank you for listening to the data is my science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.